No matter who you are, things in your life probably aren't going as expected, whatever that means. But the things you are doing right now, no matter what they are, that's your life. It's not a plan B. I'm your host, Madeline Mortensen, and you're listening to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to This Is Not A Backup Plan. Happy Monday and happy President's Day. This week's episode is the continuation of my conversation with Kirsten Crane from last week. In this episode, Kirsten will be answering some listener questions. I hope you enjoy. Kirsten, we put some question boxes on Instagram. We got some questions. I know you have those from those. Are there any that you want to highlight before we wrap up? I do think there are some really great questions that I would love to address. And they kind of all relate to the concepts all intertwine. We got a question. Someone asked something like, do you have a female financial planner you recommend? I am springing off that question and using it to answer a different question that I want to answer. (laughs) I don't have one specific female financial planner that I recommend besides myself. I recommend myself. No, (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, But if you are thinking about like finding a professional and working with a professional financial planner, I just wanted to talk a little bit about that and like how to start. Because there might be like more to that than you realized. So the first thing to know is that there is not a lot of regulation related to who can call themselves a financial advisor. So you will get financial advisors that are like me and the advisors that I work with at my company where we are, we don't get commissions for anything. We don't have anything to sell. The only way I make more money is if we invest your money well and it grows and the market does well and your money grows. But I don't make more money if you like open this account versus this account or whatever. There are people that do. And those people would also call themselves, I'm a financial advisor. I do financial planning, but they might work for a bank or an insurance company or an investment company where they are receiving commissions, or there is pressure to sell certain things or get people to sign up for certain things. And there's still people in those industries that are like good people who genuinely want to help and do a good job by their clients. So I'm not saying like those people are evil, but just know that like the way an advisor is compensated can vary a lot Two people who are compensated very differently and have very different like motivations and pressures behind them could both say, I'm a financial advisor. And so just knowing like when you're looking for a professional, do not be afraid to interview them and ask them tough questions. And I know I am, I'm the worst at this. I'm the worst at going to the doctor 
being scared to ask questions or not wanting to offend people or not wanting people to feel uncomfortable, but it's okay. And it's as an advisor, I expect it. I want people who are interested in becoming clients to ask, like, how do you get paid? How do you make money? Do you receive any commissions? What are your conflicts of interest? Like any good advisor is going to be happy to answer those questions. And so I would encourage if you find a professional and you think, I like this person, maybe I want to work with them, ask them those questions and they won't feel weird about it. And if they act weird about it or do feel weird about it, then you probably don't want to work with them. And it tells you everything you need to know. Right. If they're weird about you wanting to know these things up front about something very important. Right. It's a very normal question for us to get. Like, how do you guys make money? Do you get commissions? People ask us that all the time. And it's such an easy question for us to answer. And we're not like, oh, it's weird that you asked that. We're glad they asked it. And if someone doesn't want you to ask that, then yeah, you don't want to work with them. <laughs> and you can also ask... What's your investing philosophy? How will you manage my money? What is the process like to work with you? Will you help me with insurance and estate planning and taxes? Like you can ask them as many questions as you want. There's no stupid questions. And I would much rather have you interview someone on the front end and really grill them and get a sense of who they are and how they operate as a financial planner or a financial advisor than be scared to ask those questions and start working with someone and not really like them, not really trust them, not really feel fully invested in the process. So you can use the CFP board has a website, letsmakeaplan.org, and you can search for certified financial planners in your area. You can just search on Google or Yelp. There's something called the XY Planning Network where you can search So there's resources out there to help you find people. If you just search financial, if you just Google financial planners in my area, you're going to get lots of results most likely. And then just start, start looking people up, start calling people, start asking them questions that might feel a little bit awkward to ask, interview them. You'll get a sense. You'll start to find people you vibe with. You'll find people you really like what they have to say. And then asking about, don't be scared to ask about their fees, everything you'll be asked to pay in a fee. They should be able to explain their pricing very straightforwardly. If you don't understand how they make money, if you don't understand the fees they're asking you to pay, don't pay them. (laughs) Like it should be, I charge this much for like an annual fee. Like I'm going to charge you this flat amount. You're going to write me a check for this much. This is my annual fee. Or you're going to pay 1% of the account size, whatever whatever investments we manage for you, you'll pay us 1% of that. It should be easy to understand. It should be straightforward. If you can't get clarity on it, then don't work with that person. <laughs> the next question I liked was someone said, having kids well broke, any advice? That's a great question. <laughs> And someone also asked, this is related, starting my career late and I haven't been saving very much for the past decade. I need help. And I think those kind of go together. Like I, my life's moving on, my life's going forward, but I feel like I don't have money in my life. And I think that lots of people probably feel that way, specifically for the person who said I'm having kids while broke. The financial therapist side of me immediately thought like this person 
I'm guessing they have a partner in the picture like that they're having kids with. If you are managing money with a partner and you're stressed about money, I would say more important than any of the like financial tools or the budgeting or the figuring out savings or whatever is making sure that talking about money with your partner is a very comfortable and very collaborative and feels like a positive thing. If that is a point of tension in your relationship, that relational stress is probably going to cause more strain in your life than the bills that are due. And so I would focus on investing in relationship building work. The Gottman Institute has a lot of great resources on just like building great relationships, looking into financial therapy or counseling resources, which might not mean like actually going to counseling, but it could just mean like following a financial therapist on Instagram, you know, like some like something really simple like that, finding a podcast where someone in that realm talks about things. There are like actual financial therapists as well. If you feel like you need to like sit down with someone and go through some formal counseling, you could also just get marital counseling that, and just say money is really hard for us. And I know that there's places like, I think BetterHelp and I'm guessing their competitors. I don't want to sound like we're advertising for them. I think Talkspace is another one. I know there's a couple like online therapy things. I just know specifically with BetterHelp that they do offer like discounts for low income. And I'm sure the others do as well. All of that to say... I think that making money a topic that can comfortably be brought up with your partner and discussed with your partner will do a lot more for you than looking for whatever budgeting tool will solve everything because it doesn't exist and it won't. (laughs) And yeah, that just, that can be such a strain. And I'm sure like with kids, like having children can also be really stressful on a relationship. And so that's the first thing I would say is like, there's a chance that a lot of the stress comes from that. And I would, I think that's more important to address, honestly, or at least like the first thing to address. And then from there, if you are like broke, broke, like feeling at the point of crisis, there is, there's a professional like designation out there called an accredited financial counselor. They generally will work with lower income people. Like a a traditional financial advisor, there is a little bit of a barrier to entry. Some of them have investment minimum or charge fees that would just not be doable for a family that truly is broke. But an accredited financial counselor, often they are operating out of like nonprofit spaces. So they're going to have lower fees, sometimes free And if they don't have, if you can't meet with them one-on-one for free, they may have like free resources they can point you to. There's a website, findanafc.org. And that's just a search tool to look in your area to find an accredited financial counselor. So that might be a really good place to start. Get someone on your side who is not in the stress of your situation, who can give you some good objective third-party advice hopefully for a low fee or no fee. I've never worked with one, so I can't speak too much to what the process is like or if it varies a lot person to person, but I think that's a really good place to start if you're really stressed. Obviously, like budgeting and all that stuff is going to be tight, 
and it's going to have to be done carefully. When you're budgeting, don't completely cut out everything that makes you happy. (laughs) That's so unsustainable. This attitude of if you go to Starbucks, then don't complain about money. I hate that so much. Like saving $30 to $40 a month just by cutting out like something you really love doesn't make sense to me. I just don't think that's sustainable. I don't think that you'll, if you're looking at years of raising small kids, maybe trying to get through school, like that's going to be a long time where you're going to have to have a slim budget and you're going to have to be disciplined. And if getting like a new piece of clothing every month or going out to a nice restaurant once a month with your partner or hiring a babysitter once in a while or going to Starbucks once in a while. If that is a small joy in your life, find that in the budget. There's no reason to completely eliminate all of those things and make your life joyless, but also make your budget more likely to fail because you haven't set it up for a real happy ongoing life. Thinking about the resources you were mentioning, like I know in Utah, like the city of South Salt Lake has set up like a financial empowerment center, which I don't know all the like resources that it offers, but I do know that it was born out of the desire of one of the council members to have like resources in the community that someone that doesn't have huge capital would be able to go access for like, I think letter to no cost. I think they're partnered with one of the local credit unions and that is not an original concept. I feel very very confident that throughout the United States, there are cities that have said like one of the services we want to provide is something like this that will help our citizens like prepare for the future. I know in like Utah, Utah State University is the land grant institution. So they have extensions throughout the state. And one of the things that extensions focus on is like financial readiness and like financial wellness for community members. So even though they might not have someone to meet with you one-on-one, I know that they'll offer like classes that will be aimed at different things that can maybe speak to some of your specific needs. And they'll also offer classes related to things for relationships. So even if they don't have a relationships and money component that's combined, they're going to have relationships component and money components that you might access. So like just with what you're saying, like there are nonprofits, there are things that lower the cost or that provide basic resources at no cost that can help you feel more educated and more informed about what you're trying to figure out. And then like your extension center like should know about resources in the community. So if you're going through a hard time, they might know about like something that helps make a difference with utilities or like programs at farmers markets that help people like access fresh food close to them that can take some stress off your grocery budget. Yes, that's so good. I love that. Really good tips. Don't be afraid of you. Most people I think know these programs exist and go after them, but don't be afraid of like, SNAP benefits and there's like all sorts of low income benefits. And if you have kids, especially like as you'll probably qualify. So like in terms of like government resources, federal and state, definitely take advantage of anything like that, especially with kids. They like the government has a very vested interest in making sure that children are like fed and educated and all those things. There should be, there's like obviously things like the child tax credit and whatnot, but there should be benefits. Your kids' schools, if they're in elementary school, they will know about those. You could always ask 
to talk with someone there. I love that, Maddie, just that there's the resources exist and go after them. And use if you the library. Yes, to, I love that. Yes. You will be shocked at what the library offers. Like I know in Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County, like multiple times a week, they have grab and go snacks for parents with kids. So like that, like for like children. So go read the books at the library, get a snack. Like you can ask librarians about the resources that they offer. They will offer like free classes. They will offer financial related classes. They will offer things like hot spots that you can check out. So if for some reason, like you were like, I need to cut my internet for a month or two, you might be able to access a hot spot through your library. Like there, there are not enough resources in our country, I think, to help the people that need it the most. There are some really key spots that I think can get you started and can connect you in some key ways though. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good point that like, it's not to say that if you're struggling financially, it's just because you haven't done enough research. Like you could probably take advantage of every available resource and like still struggle. Like you definitely could. <laughs> so it's not simply a matter of if you like ask the right question at the library, then you won't struggle anymore. And so I don't want it to sound like it's all there aren't like larger issues out of an individual's control that could lead to like financial strain. But yeah, I think if you, especially if you were not raised, like necessarily seeing your parents use those resources, you might never know that's out there when you have like your own young family or you're a young person just starting out. So yeah, definitely don't be shy about finding out what's out there. Yeah, I think, and I think the biggest thing knowing that it's okay to use resources, they are there for you. Like, Absolutely. I think when we talk about money shame, uh, like that plays into how people access resources, but they are there for you. For sure. Absolutely. Was there one more question you wanted to answer? I think so. Let me find it. Someone asked how to build wealth. And I think we've addressed that, but I specifically wanted to call it out just because the idea of building wealth like money is hard. And like we were just saying, there are larger issues at play that can make building wealth, passing down wealth really difficult that have nothing to do with like your individual ability to budget or save or work hard. And especially when you start talking about passing down wealth, like generational and Buying a home right now, like buying a home is becoming something that it used to be like any family with at least one parent, one parent working, couple kids could have a house. And that reality is going away. It's probably already gone. Things look different now. There's so many things. And I'm always at the intersection of you don't want to you don't want to encourage anyone to abdicate their personal responsibility or their empowerment and their ability to do so many things and control their life and set their goals. And I want people to feel empowered and I want them to feel capable because I think everyone is and everyone has the ability to learn and get get educated and 
make choices and turn their life around if that's what's needed. Like everyone has that in them. And I don't want to say like the systems against you give up, but like there are systemic things that are, that can make the idea of building wealth really challenging. And for some people like out of reach. And so I think balancing that tension of like the girl boss attitude and the attitude of you got this, you can do it. You can turn your life around. You can make smart moves. You have everything you need within you. Like, I think that's all true, but we have to balance it with that idea of there are some things that really are just out of an individual's control. And so I would reframe like the idea of I need to build wealth. Like, I don't, what does that even mean? I would reframe it as just what are my goals? What is my vision for my life? What's important to me? What are my values? What would bring me peace? What would make it so that like money is not one of the things I'm thinking and worrying about every day? And then going after those things as much as you can and like being tenacious about finding resources, getting information when you feel like you don't have the, enough information, asking for help, finding people who can support you and help you, all of the things that are like the personal responsibility pull yourself up by your bootstraps, all that side of things. Be tenacious about those things and define success less in terms of, I need to build wealth. I need to, my life needs to look a certain way that I think that has been defined as this is success. Define success for yourself and then pursue that. And I don't, think there's any need to like me like maybe right now buying a home is not that used to be like on everyone's list and it might not be it might not be able to be on everyone's list anymore and that's okay and so foregoing like peace and joy because you think you have to own a home to have like somehow reached some arbitrary measure of success like there's no reason to do that to yourself think with what you're saying like I'm really glad you brought this up because whenever I talk about money and things on the podcast like I always want to note that like for women for people of color for so many groups the reason we're struggling financially like as groups or the reason we feel like uh, unable to answer some of these questions is because we're living in a system that was not built for us. We're living in a system that was built for other groups of people with other groups of people in mind. And so like the things we're talking about, like they can be helpful, they can be useful, but we're also talking about individual responsibility within systemic inequality. And like those just are not compatible. Like overall, we need to need to change policies. I think the value of talking about what you can do as an individual is it hopefully gives you the tools to take care of yourself the best you can. And hopefully over time, like we will advocate for policy change, hopefully over time that like we will create a better world. And in the meantime, knowing what you can do for yourself now gives you the best chance. But like you said, it's important to evaluate your goals and what's possible to like not forgo peace and joy and to give yourself grace and recognizing that the reason some of the things are challenging is not because of you. There are, however, things in the meantime you can do that will hopefully put you in a better situation. Like you said, like it's a push and pull to balance. But I think at the end of the day, realizing there's a lot you can do within a system though that is not working for everyone that 
may be limited in some areas. And that's okay. It's not your fault. There's still a lot you can do. But once again, it's not your fault. And you having six months of emergency savings is not going to change systemic inequalities that you face. And that's why we vote. And that's why we talk about policy. And that's why we do these other things, because there are things out of your control. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else you want to share before we wrap up? No, I think that's a really good note to end on. Just do, there's so much you can do. If there's something you don't know, you can learn about it. Don't be worried about where you're starting from. Remember that I am now giving people financial advice. And there was a time where I didn't know like how to open an investment account. And I didn't know that I had to actually like choose the investments in the account. It starts from nothing. No baby is born knowing how to open an IRA. And so don't feel stupid. Even if you're like, I have, there's all these shoulds with money. Like I've reached an age where I should know this. I should already be doing this. I should have been doing this 10 years ago. There's so many shoulds and I just get rid of the shoulds and start where you are. And there's, there's resources to help you. There's education out there particularly with investing, like you can learn what you need to learn. You don't need to become an expert. You can learn enough to do a good job. There's professional support and there's professional support at different levels. So if you need like low income, bare bones, like I'm in survival mode, there's professionals and resources to help you at that level. If you've been saving and you're building a good retirement fund and you want to level up the advice and the support you're getting from a professional, that exists as well. Like there, there's just so much you can do. And so wherever you're starting today is the right place to be starting from. And there's no shame in where you are. And it doesn't matter like your age or your life circumstance. There's no shoulds. So just get rid of the shoulds and start where you are. And just feel, I like, I just want everyone to feel empowered that you can learn anything you don't know and you can get better at things you don't feel like you're good at. You can dig your, like you can come out of debt. You can come out of bad budgeting habits, like whatever it is that you're like, this is my thing that I need to overcome. Like you absolutely can. People do it every day and you're not late. And so you just have to start. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. Are there any places on the internet that you want to tell people about before we wrap up places where they can find you or places that you think are especially helpful that you want to make sure you leave people with? I've mentioned a couple. So there, there's the find a CFP tool. Let's make a plan.org. If you would like to look for a certified financial planner in your area, there's, if you feel like you could use a financial counselor, which is more like a low-income financial planning support. There's findanafc.org. There, I if you feel like you need like the relational side of money, you need support in more of a financial therapy setting, you can visit the Financial Therapy Association website and look for a financial therapist or just start looking for resources. There's podcasts, there's articles, the members of that association work really hard to spread awareness. And so 
There are resources, free resources that they are putting time and money into. There's lots of Instagram accounts like me. People just try it. Like you mentioned, I can't remember her name. Oh, Tori Dunlap, the financial feminist. Yeah, there's lots of there's lots of people trying to provide that education. Those are great follows. You can follow me at moneytalks.kirsten on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to me if there's if anyone has follow-up questions or is interested in working with me or is interested in getting some support, finding a financial advisor in their area, I'm happy to answer questions. So feel free to go to my Instagram and DM me or send me an email. And thank you. Thank you, Maddie, for having me. Thanks for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. It was so good to visit with you. Thank you again, Kirsten, for joining me. And thank you so much to you for listening. I am so glad that you are here. Remember that you can find me on Twitter at Madeline K. And you can find this podcast on Instagram at Not A Backup Plan. Next week, I'll be back with a very fun interview with the author of the memoir, East Winds, which I think you're going to really love. In the meantime, remember, this is your life. It's not a plan B.